So this is kind of the title I, I came up with. I thought of it, and his descent, our ascent with him to glory. His descent, our ascent. He is coming down, but in him coming down, we are going up, praise God. So it is his descent resulting in our ascent, but then we'll look at different parts of the scripture, focusing on John chapter 28, it's uh, John chapter 18 and 19, it's big, we won't go into it, but we'll look at some ideas. Now you may know this painting, uh, this picture, this one here, the praying hands. Most of you have probably seen what that, uh, you've seen it, but maybe what you don't know, maybe the story that's behind it, and I, I found it, and I found it to be fascinating. So it's a story about this guy, Albrecht Dürer. You have to excuse me for my pronunciation of the names. Albrecht Dürer, he is, he is a German artist, famous artist. Now he had a friend. He had a friend called Franz Knickstein. So from now on, I'll just say the first names. So Dürer and Franz, they were close friends, best friends. They both aspired they both aspired to be artists. But then they, as young people, they were poor. They didn't have much. They only have that desire, but they didn't know how to go about gaining that training, to be trained, to be taught how to do it, and grow, go out to be famous as artists. So what they did is they, they made a pact, they made an agreement. They said, let's draw a lot. And the person who gets the lot will go on to study, will go on to art school, will be trained, and then he will go off to make a fame for himself. When he becomes famous, then that one will come back. In the meantime, the other one was to work, was to labor, so that he would be able to support his friend who has gone to the art school. So with that agreement, they drew the lot, and the lot fell to Albrecht Dürer. So Albert goes off, Albrecht goes off to his study. He studies, he finishes art school, and he goes off and he becomes famous. He is known. And then he returns, he comes back to his friend. When he comes back to his friend, he finds out his friend is ill from so much labor and work. His fingers were all, all disfigured to such an extent that there was no hope for France to go back to art school in any way. His fingers were twisted that he is not able to even hold a paintbrush. So Albrecht was broken. He was sad in seeing this. But one day as he saw his friend Franz praying, he, he, he told, how much a sacrifice his friend had paid so that Albrecht would be able to go to the school and become famous while Franz here had gone down. Health-wise, he suffered. And so he decides that he would model Franz's hands as he prays in drawing the praying hands. And this praying hands of uh, Franz becomes popular and becomes famous, and many of us know. Now, this story seems to be our story as well. 
I feel like this story is very similar to our story in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, Philippians chapter 2, who being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He took the nature of a bond servant. He became man like one of us. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death. And not just death, he became obedient to death on a cross. The Lord Jesus Christ who is king who is in full nature God, he lowered himself to the greatest level of humiliation. Why? Did he know that he was going to go through all this? Yes, he did. In fact, he worked towards the fulfillment of the prophecy. But then we ask, why? Why would he do this? He knew that he would come to his own, but his own would reject him. He knew. He knew that he would be handed over to Pilate. He knew that he would be flogged, that he would be slapped, that he would be mocked, that he would, they would place a crown of thorns on his head. He knew that he would be nailed to the cross. He knew that they would divide his clothes and they would draw lots for his garments. He knew that he would be crucified on a wooden cross, becoming a curse. He knew that he would be pierced, that he would thirst and they would give him vinegar, that he would die there on the cross. He knew. He knew all this would happen. He knew all this would happen, but he was willing to go through all that. And you say, why? Why would he do that? Why would he go through all that? And the answer would be, it is because of you. He was willing to go through all of that because of you and because of me. Because he counted it worthy to go through all that suffering. Because he counted you and me to be valuable. He felt he believed that it's worth it for him to die on the cross, for him to suffer that humiliation. Why? Because he believes that you and I, we are valuable, we are important. We are so significant. He has such an intense love for you and for me that he felt it's worth the whole pain, the whole suffering. <laughs> My friend, life's beat, life beats us in different ways. But then one thing that we see the cross and we are reminded of the fact is that you and I, we are significant people. We are significant to the King of our kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. For him to go through all that suffering, to be brought to that level of humiliation, it was worth it for him. He believes that you and I are worthy of him going through that suffering. 
The second thing I would like to draw attention to is the fact that the work is done. The work is done. When he was up on the cross, hanging up on the cross, let me read that same passage again, verse 28, chapter 19. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put a sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lip. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, he says, it's finished. It's all completed. What is finished? What is completed? At the beginning of the Gospel of John, in chapter 1, John records for us what John the Baptist says. John the Baptist looks at Jesus coming from afar, and John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is finished. Now with Jesus dying on the cross, when he says it's all completed, when he says it's all finished, the payment for sin is done, is completed. There is nothing that you and I can add to earn our salvation. There is nothing that you and I can add to receive the forgiveness of our sins. The Lord Jesus has taken it all on the cross. It's all paid, and it is paid in full. Jesus does not need to do anything more. It's all done once and for all. You and I, we don't need to do anything to earn God's forgiveness, we are already forgiven because of what's done on our behalf on the cross. It is finished. The lamb in the Old Testament is used as a sacrifice to cover over sin. They came year after year carrying their lamb and sacrificing it, and that covered sin for a year. It just covered it for a moment. But the blood of Jesus is one that is done at once for all, and it is done. Now, John tells us in chapter 1, verse 12, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Jesus has done the work. He has finished it. But then you and I need to receive it. That offer is there for us to receive. But if we receive it, if we believe it, then you and I can experience that salvation. That salvation can become ours. John, when he tells us the purpose for writing his book, he says, you know, Jesus has made so many miracles. But then the reason I have written for you some of these ones, the few, is so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have eternal life. You may have life in Christ Jesus. So in Jesus, the work is done. And we can have that eternal life, but we can have it when we receive it. So, so far what we said is two things. <clears throat> One, Jesus went through all that willingly. 
willingly believing that you and I are worth it. We are significant, we are important. And he was willing to pay that price. The second one is the work is already done, is completed, is finished. And there is nothing you and I can contribute to our forgiveness, to the forgiveness of our sins. But we can just receive it. Finally, from the verse that we read, <clears throat> First Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we, we've seen, let me read the passage. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep who have gone astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd an overseer of your souls. The Lord Jesus has paid. He has bore our sins. And then there's that word, so that. So that. Why did he bore? What, for what purpose did he do that? He says, so that we might die to sins, but live for righteousness. The Lord Jesus died on the cross and he took away our sins. And through his work, we who have gone astray, like sheep who have gone astray, we have been brought to our shepherd, the Lord God. But then in being there, you and I need to be able to die for sins and begin to live for righteousness. Let me conclude. So as we think of the cross, as we think of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, these are the three things we are to be reminded of. One is we, it is a reminder that Jesus has counted you and me worthy of the sacrifice. He has counted you and me worthy of the sacrifice. Second, it's a reminder that the saving work of the Lord Jesus is complete and there's nothing left. All that's left, my friends, is for us to respond to it. In the New Testament, in the time of Jesus, when Jesus did all those miracles, there are many who missed it. Many didn't see that Jesus was actually the Christ. And by believing that he is a Christ, they missed that they can have life eternal with him. They missed it. But it's not only then, even today. Even today we read these stories and we miss, we miss the fact that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, through whom we can gain access into the presence of God. And it's also a reminder that we, it's a reminder that we would count Jesus worthy of the life we live by dying to sin and living righteously. As much as he counted you and me worthy of his sacrifice, may the Lord help you and me to count him worthy of our life so that we live a life that dies to sins but is alive for righteousness. Now with this, we will go to celebrating the Lord's Supper. As we go to it, may we go to it remembering that God has counted us worthy of it. And so we respond with gratitude, with thanksgiving.
but also desiring, desiring that we would count him to be worthy and live a life that's worth him. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you have counted us to be worthy, worthy of your sacrifice. You knew exactly what you were going through, Jesus. You being the king of kings, you being in very nature God, you chose to lower yourself to that highest level of humiliation for me and my brothers and sisters here. And so we respond to you with thanksgiving, God. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you chose to go through that pain, through that suffering for us. And I pray that we would also respond by living a life that's worthy of you. If there's any one of us here who have, might have missed it, might have missed the fact that, Jesus, you are the Messiah, and that by believing in you that we can have life eternal, Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch our hearts and that you draw us closer to you. May we respond to you. May we not miss out on this greatest expression of love. In Jesus' name.